Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Elite Eight, Part 2 tonight, UCLA and Michigan, the late game, the early game at 7.15, it's USC and Gonzaga. After last night's games were again, eh, so-so. Baylor pulling away against Arkansas late. They get the win there. And Houston, for the first time since Phi Slamma Jamma in the 80s, they are in. So good to see them back in the final four. First time since 84 for the Houston Cougars as they defeated Oregon State. <laughs> and those you saw some ugly offense last night as Steve and I, as Steve kind of basically thought that would be the case. First one of 60 basically was the case there in the first game last night, Oregon State. And it was a 67-61 final. So there you go. It was 34-17 at the half. Oregon State could not score for their life. So there you have that. And then in the second game, basically played out how I thought it would. I, I thought Arkansas would be able to stay with Baylor, but I just didn't think they would have enough to get over the hump, and that's exactly what happened. I think Baylor's on their way to the title game to face Gonzaga. As I said yesterday, and Steve said this yesterday too, Baylor's back in the form they were before their COVID pause. They're making some key shots. They're really playing well in the paint. So Baylor looking pretty good. And we'll see who joins Baylor and Houston tonight for the final four. I would think Gonzaga will take care of business against USC. And then Michigan-UCLA is going to be a very interesting game, but I like Michigan tonight. I think Michigan's also playing better than I thought they would coming into the tournament. So I'll have thoughts on that coming up. Sticking with college hoops as well, Micah Shrewsbury had his formal introductory press conference today for Penn State with Sandy Barber. Steve was there, so we'll get some thoughts on that. And if you missed it from the coaches show last week, we're going to replay the second half of Steve's interview with Micah Shrewsbury 
later on in the show today as well. So stay tuned for that. We'll get some thoughts there. And also, as we've mentioned before, the MLB Draft League is debuting soon in May and in June with the Crosscutters and the State College Spikes. We'll have Gabe Sinekropi from the Crosscutters joining us today at 4.06 to kind of get some perspective there from the Crosscutter side of things, what to expect if you want to go up there for a ball game at Historic Bowman Field this year. So we'll have Gabe on at 4.06 with us. So that's going to be really interesting, too, to see how that all plays out. And there'll be some good talent, I think, still to, to look for both in-state college and at Williamsport. So Gabe's going to join us there, too. So we look forward to that. We want to hear from you as well. Final four, who are your, who are your picks for that? Micah Shrewsbury's comments today, 1-800-795-9565. You can also email us, Steve Jones Show at WKOK.com. We're at Twitter at Steve Jones PSU, Steve Jones Show on Facebook as well. What's your thoughts on all that coming up? And now we go to the NFL where they have officially made it official that we're going to see 17-game regular season starting next year. And now the preseason will be cut from four games to three games, as pretty much expected. So on the PA front here, that that means the Eagles will be at the Jets and the Seahawks will be at the Steelers. Did you stay up and watch the game last night, or did you? I watched most of the first half, and then I... I pretty much saw the consensus that Baylor was going to win, and I went to bed promptly after that. But I watched majority of the first half. I did. So you made it to ten twenty. All right. Um, all right. I made it to ten forty-five. Oh, to be exact. Major, such a major concession on your part. <laughs> wow. I mean, come on. You you could tell early on Arkansas was not winning that game, and I was probably kicking myself for picking them earlier but what did what did i say what did i say yesterday gotta play within 10 and they didn't early on first team to 60 in the houston game wins yes exactly that i said you can't and arkansas could not be double digits down yeah to baylor they would lose although they came back several times including within four but then baylor was just too much but again you're trying to come back from double digits exactly which means the other team is a cushion to play with you can't do it against Baylor either. When you do that, you have to take the lead at some point. Right. And I don't mean on the last shot. You have to take the lead. So you were talking about the Jets. Oh, by the way, um, Fields ran a 4.44 today. Yes, he did. Looking good. No Which surprise, is, though. Not, no, it's, that's not, not a surprise um, at all. Uh, here's you want to know my my two biggest concerns about Zach Wilson are one he was not elected a captain I'm always leery of quarterbacks that are not elected captains that's interesting I remember that was the knock on Connor Cook hmm. of Michigan State I'm always leery of quarterbacks that are not like the captain. You're supposed to be the focal point of what's going on. And you're not the captain? Really? 
That's one. Number two, it's not their fault. But the schedule he played, they played against was so substandard. When the best team you play is Coastal Carolina, and please don't give me the, oh, what a special, oh, come on. Coastal Carolina is playing Penn State. They're 12-point underdogs. I know it was set up last second, the whole deal. But that's the best game you have. Really? All right, we got Neil Kulong in the next half hour. Gabe Sinecropia at 4.06. And part two of my conversation with Micah Shrewsbury at 4.35. That's a pretty good line. That's if Mac can stay awake. We're all good, I promise. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> yeah, you're fighting a little bit of a cold. Yeah. It's a cold, everybody. Yes. Something else. If it was something else, they'd have thrown them out of the building. That's exactly right. <laughs> And the suit has become a germaphobe. Would have led the way. By the way, <laughs> Doug has consented to spell out suit for us in only, as only he can. Love it. F O U L E D, that spells Falda! Winner. Winner. So tonight. You have the number two ranked two-point team in the country in percentage. In Gonzaga, it's 64%. Against the number two ranked two-point defensive team in the country in USA. If you appreciate good ball movement, watch Gonzaga. I mean, beautiful ball movement. Unselfish to a fault. Words that we've never used with the corner office. (laughs) And you have Michigan in action tonight. As a one seed... Although the other night, no offense, I had to laugh at a little bit at CBS. Big news. Isaiah Livers isn't going to play in the tournament. I'm saying, I think as soon as they said he had a stress fracture, I'm like, well, he's done. <laughs> it doesn't take a genius. I didn't sit there and go, oh, my goodness, really? <laughs> You're not going to be able to come back in two weeks? Really? But Johnny Juzang, the transfer from Kentucky, really good player. Really good player. Like him a lot. Um, Got to keep him on the floor. Um, but Michigan, Smith is a just a wonderful point guard watching him play. You watch him play, fabulous point guard. Uh, Michigan's another really good passing team, really good passing team when you watch them play. 
Yeah, I know what they'll, they'll tell you. UCLA lost their last five, but they're all good teams. But they've won two games in overtime in the tournament. They had two blowouts. The Abilene Christian was a blowout. BYU was actually relative ease. Oh, the way the BYU basketball team elected Zach Wilson as captain. Sorry. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Kidding. Um, but I'll tell you who is not playing as well as he did early in the year, and that's Dickinson, the center. He is not playing as well as he did early in the year. Wagner is playing better. You know why people have talked about the history? UCLA, Michigan, that's nice. It has nothing to do with tonight. <laughs> As you know, I've got, I'm a big believer. Like, look, it doesn't matter what, what happened when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played. He isn't going to play tonight. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. It's like I remember the first time Penn State went out to play Notre Dame. First time ever. And Notre Dame had this incredible record in Notre Dame Stadium against teams that played there for the first time. In fact, I don't think they'd ever lost. And Joe had this great, great line. He says, no offense. They said, what about playing out there? He says, no offense. I think the four horsemen are popping out of the, out of the ground to play us. <laughs> All right. We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. It's over. The dream is alive for Houston. For the first time in 37 years, the Cougars are going to the Final Four. It's the only game Matt watched all the way through last night. Um... <laughs> Essentially. But that was, <laughs> was a... that was some ugly basketball in that game in particular. No, that was I, I think I texted Dick Girardi at one point. I said this is brutal. Like that was that was that first half was borderline embarrassing for the Elite Eight. And seventeen points in one half. I know Houston's a good defensive team, but come on, man. No, it's it, but that's see that's why I said first team to sixty, right? Yeah, you, you right on the money. But that's you know, it doesn't take a genius. I mean, you don't sit there and be a genius and, and do that. Just the way the two teams play. They're not... Neither one's a great outside shooter. 
Uh, you texted me at one point when it, Houston had 53 and they weren't getting anywhere, and you said, are you sure they're going to make the 60? He says, yeah, look at some free throws. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, even that you didn't even know. Yeah, usually in a game like that, especially when the team has to start fouling. That's why you'll notice that most successful teams, if you notice, well, I uh, I shouldn't say if you notice that that's that's wrong to put it that way because the fans would never know this. Um, when you're preparing for games, since I have to do that, so I have to prepare for games. I go through a series of things, you know, stats, things like that. You'll see that normally nine times out of ten, especially with successful teams, they score more points in the second half than they do in the first. And part of that is they're getting fouled down the stretch, and those free throws are tacking on extra points. So they end up scoring more second-half points than first-half points. So I, I, I kind of caught myself for a second. I said, you know what? I said, the, the average fan would never know that. <laughs> they would never because they would sit there looking at a stat sheet like I do. Uh, but that's what happens. Normal, most successful teams, the vast majority – score more points in the second half than the first because of the, the fouls down the stretch. Now, you knew that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you didn't. I, mean, I ran it by the suit. He goes, there's a stat sheet? Oh, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> I didn't think that was the right question. Uh but yeah, that's that's typical of what happens, and usually they have a lot of times in the neighborhood of nearly as many free throws made as the opponent has attempted. Great to have you with us today on the show. Neil Kulong, next half hour. The NFL has officially gone to a 17-game season. They'll play three preseason games and have 17 regular season games. The Eagles, in a major concession, say that they'll play seven at home and ten on the road. No? Whatever at this point. No, they say they feel safer on the road. (laughs) It's like being a Pirates player. We're at home. (laughs) Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Q, routes 11 and 15. Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee backing it. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. A little bit later in the show, Gabe Sinecropi on Williamsport and the MLB Draft League. Also later in the show, part two of my conversation with new head basketball coach Micah Shrewsbury. Uh, 
I also got a text from Doug. Unashamed, a word never uttered in the corner office. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) All right. Matt brings true value to the table. You would agree with that, wouldn't you? Of course you would. Humbly, yes. Neil Kulon always brings true value to the table. You know, the problem is they don't pay true value. I, I do appreciate the support. We uh, we fought it hard. We fought a yeah. good fight, and nothing changed as usual. But here we are. Well, it, I mean, they, they understood true value. They gave me gift certificates to the hardware store. It was great. All right, so... Um, <laughs> Mike Tomlin There's was mulch for the backyard. It worked out. That was my race. Hey, you know, five bags of mulch. We do what we can. <laughs> Mike Tomlin was here last. Uh, uh, was it Thursday? I guess it was Thursday, right? Yeah, for pro day. Uh, he said he looked over. He said, "This is a freak show." <laughs> 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 oh, what kind of value do you think he and Joe Judge were the two head coaches that were there along with twenty nine scouts? You know, I know it's a convenient trip. Uh, so what kind of value do, can coaches get out of going to somebody's pro day? I think this is just my two cents. I, I think there are uh, a lot of cumulative value-add types of things. But by and large, the, the biggest uh, value that they're going to get is going to be really sitting down and talking to the player. Yeah, um, I agree. Mike Tomlin is a master of this. He's, he's a great schmoozer. He loves going around talking to guys coming up with a great, you know, witty quote like he did then. I remember um, what did he say about Chase Young right before the game against Washington this year? you got to lose a lot of games to get a guy that looks like you. You know, things like that. He uh, He's known for that, but that, that's kind of his general assessment. Um, he tends to be, you know, pretty forward with, with uh, the, the high-level athletes, and Penn State's shown in the last couple of years they've got dudes. I mean, these are guys that could really get out in the field and move. Um, Tom will coach them to what they need to do. He's just got to be able to get uh, to get some of them in the door. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's looking that way again uh, this year. Uh, there's definitely a couple of players there the Steelers could use. Um, and I think for him, uh, getting up close and personal and, and finding out who they are as young men, finding out uh, what their personalities are like, how they might fit into the team. I, I think he, he builds based on that concept, and he's done a good job of it, bringing in uh, team guys that, that fit in with uh, the culture that they have. Um, he's known for that. He's got his work cut out for him this year for sure, but um, they're, they're you know racking up the frequent flyer miles. They're, they're, uh, they're at a lot of pro days, and this is a very different year for them um, in that regard. So um, if, if, if nothing else, you hope that what they're getting out of it is what they've already seen on film, and this is really more the opportunity to chat them up a little bit and, and see who they are. And, you know, there's no combine this year, so that's why pro days have a greater emphasis uh, than ever before. Uh, there's also been a couple of guys that, you know, I think when we talked last week, Stevie Nelson was gone, but they've actually had people come back that I didn't expect. Uh, what, what's your thought on that? Kind of reminds me of uh, before the 2010 season. Um, they missed the playoffs, had kind of a down year. I think they were 9-7, and seven, but um, came on big at the end. They had a lot of injuries that year. But the, the kind of the joke that we made at the time with the publication I was working for was they were getting the band back together, and that was they, they brought back uh, Antoine Randall L. Um, yeah, of course, I'm not going to remember any others off the top of my head. But there, there were a few of them um, in which it, it was like we want to bring back the culture that we know 
won two Super Bowls. We want to bring back guys that we're familiar with that do the things that we need them to do because we have to get back to basics here. It feels a lot like that to me. You had an, an embarrassing running game last season in Pittsburgh, short yardage in particular. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to address the interior of their offensive line early in this draft. I wouldn't be surprised if they addressed um, players that will directly impact their running game, Um, whether that is what's in vogue in the NFL, whether that's what, um, you know, the, the analytics will suggest is the better way to the more efficient way to build your offense. And they're going to want to run the football. And right now, they don't have anybody to run the football. So uh, if, if they're going to do anything, bring back the players that uh, might have contributed to that in the past and really looking at B.J. Finney, who as of now might be their starting center, uh, I, I think it's largely the idea that they want to do the things that have made them um, a more balanced team, at the very least in the past. Considering how poor their tight ends were, considering how poor their, their running backs were last season, they had to throw the ball as often as they did. But if you would have told me last year at this time, Ben Roethlisberger is going to throw 608 times in, in 15 games, um, I would have said that this team's probably going to struggle. And I think we saw that pretty clearly yeah. with the way that Ben broke down, um, the amount of three and outs that they had, their, their atrocious level of, of yards per carry. They, they were awful. I mean, they're going to need to do things now to impact that. And you can't get you know, you can't get a high impact guy in the fourth round. It just doesn't happen that way. If you want to run the football, they're going to have to invest in it uh, early in this draft. And I don't think they're necessarily done in free agency either. So putting all those things together, I, I really think um, mostly this, this team is going to want to send the message that there's a way that, that the Steelers traditionally want to play football. And we're going to find that this season. Uh, if that's not you, we're going to find somebody else, but we need guys to come in here to be able to move other guys off the ball and win the line of scrimmage and with that try to get four and a half yards, five yards carry. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to do that alone. It's a month to go now. So now the free agency part pretty much has fallen into place. So have the priorities for the team. Oh, by the way, the NFL just officially announced a 17-game regular season. So let's get to that. They're going to reduce the preseason to three games. They're going to play 17. This is not something that was unexpected, but it just broke now. So since it did, uh, just your thoughts on going to 17. Yeah, it's verbatim exactly what we expected and we've expected for, for quite some time, even uh, pre-CBA signing last year. I think that you could see um, the owners pushing for 18 games with the idea that they can compromise down to 17. And with that, they're going to cut at least one preseason game. So uh, with that, you have the unbalanced schedule, which is uh, unique for the NFL. And I would right. say uh, from from kind of a, a smart but pessimistic perspective, it's like, well, Mike Tomlin doesn't have the 8-8 eight and eight mark to, to aim for with this team. It's either going to be a winning season or a losing season. Um, he, he's putting that record on the line, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it isn't a losing season <laughs> this year. But uh, the, the extra game is against Seattle. Seattle is a pretty good team. Um, they have a pretty tough schedule as it is. Uh, I, I don't know if this is the best year for the Steelers in particular to have 17 games, but um, who knows? I mean, it, it, it could go either way. Um, it, it's it's unique. It's interesting in that sense. Um, I, I find covering a, a network the way that I do across the entire league, there are a lot of fan bases that kind of tune out when the team isn't very good about the middle of the season. So I agree with um, that. I, I wonder if it'll get a little – it'll feel like a little bit longer than one week. Um, 
I'm not sure it had the impact that the playoffs had the impact last year that they really wanted either. So I don't know. I mean, you know, you you sometimes have to kind of push something until it squeals, and, and maybe uh, the oversaturation of the NFL, that theory, and, and what you know a lot of fans have have talked about over the years. I wonder if they're not really trying to test that to see if this isn't better. Um, but we knew they were going to add a game at least at some point. And um, in, in one line of thinking, I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, early on in the season, you know, getting the feeling that there's going to be a lot more football played. But by the end, you might kind of get into the, the sense that, you know, maybe this is a little too much. Um, but the combination of 17 games this year and the new addition of an extra team uh, for the playoffs for, for each conference last year, it does suggest that they're widening the ability to put more teams into the postseason, to, to give more teams a chance uh, within that last week, because you're looking at legitimately seven and nine teams could, can make the playoffs, um, and that wouldn't be all that much of a surprise. So, I mean, thank you NFC East, but it really it, it, it's the idea that uh, a team can be more competitive for a longer period of time. Um, the Steelers, I, I think, are a good example of that, just in the fact that most of their eight and eight seasons, I believe, would have resulted in the playoffs uh, if there was an additional seed in there, and a couple of those teams were playing really well uh, up until the end after uh, pretty bad starts. So maybe, maybe that makes it more fun. You know, maybe it, it, it um, I don't want to say de-emphasizes the regular season, but it does give a legitimate chance to a team that's playing well uh, at the end of the year. If they're able to get in there and grab that, that final seed, they can make some noise um, against probably what should be a, a pretty good two seed. But in the NFL, as you know, um, I don't think the difference in a conference between two and seven is really all that great. Uh, it really comes down to how they're playing at, at, at the end of the year. And yes. I think that makes for a fun um, playoff-like scenario. It's interesting what you, you talked about the playoffs. Uh, they expanded by one game in each conference this year. So, in other words, only one team had a bye. And while interesting, ratings-wise, I don't think it had the, the home run I think they thought it was going to be. No, I... I, I I think there was a level of fatigue uh, that ended last season. Um, not in the sense that well, people didn't want football, but it was just more like this isn't really football. There, there are so many COVID issues coming up. That was a news point every week. I mean, that that really led coverage all the time. It, it became its own feature. You know, you you had to to cover it for obvious reasons, but it became so commonplace, and it was obviously much deeper than the injury list was. So now really all we're talking about is the guys that can't play and the rules and machinations that go along with that and covering the Steelers. I, I know firsthand um, you, there were three weeks. You didn't know when they were going to play. I mean, it's just right. kind of like this is getting old um, there. If they're able to avoid that this season, uh, I, I think we'll take a good step back toward the, the idea of this is football. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's not, a constant reminder of the the you know overlying threats to everybody and everything, and seeing it permeate every aspect of our world, it it, it it's draining. And I, I think we can get away from that this season, and maybe you know it, get get back to something that feels a little bit more normal than it has been. Yeah, in fact, I was at uh, Micah Shrewsbury's uh, press conference today as he was introduces the new basketball coach at Penn State, and I got asked by people you know off to the side. Uh, how many people do you think they're going to let Beaver Stadium this year? Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's on weighing on everyone's minds. I'll tell you. Here's let me give you what 
we were talking about that extra playoff game. Maybe I'm thinking this out too too much, but I think it says something that they know it because they gave ESPN an extra one. And you and I both know, with all due respect, they don't do a good job with it. Uh, I, I I definitely would agree with that. Um, I you know I I don't know what ESPN thinks when when right. they're putting it, together their broadcast. But it tells me it tells me that even the NFL knows they gave them an extra one because they feel like it's a throwaway. Yeah, yeah, I can I can get behind that, and, and we we've talked about this before too. Perhaps it's it's an opportunity. Um, to uh, to try something else out. Um, I know that the Thursday night game, but the way that they sold it publicly was before was really about uh, getting every team primetime games. Yeah. I mean, making them within the division is a pretty fair way to do that and it accomplishes both goals. One, coaches are much more familiar, so on a short week, this is kind of the team that you would want to play. Uh, two, it's an important game because it's within the division. So it, those things kind of butt heads a little bit, but it's probably the, the, the equalizer to it all. Uh, if, if the 17th game has any strategic advantage, um, I would honestly say along the lines of what you just suggested, that, that we're going to start getting into uh, load management in the NFL. Um, yes, I know we are. There's, a, there's certainly a team in Western Pennsylvania that could have used a little bit of that during a point last season. Yep. Um, I, I wonder if there's not – because you look at it too. I, I talked about the bottom end being more competitive. At the top, though, um, it's another week early that you could have clinched. So they might have a two-week scenario in which the games that they're playing aren't as relevant. So you, you do wonder if that isn't uh, kind of a suggestion that the fleas come with the dog in this case. Uh, adding another game means we're going to have more games that are irrelevant at the end right. of the year. Right. Um, to the degree that matters, I, I don't know. I don't know how fair it is. I don't know how much you can really do to say – we're going to make sure every game matters in some way. I think that's that's probably a little overdone, but you can see the, the the possibility in which they're trying to create some buffer room in there to say, you know what, this is going to happen. It's fine. We accept it. Um, we'll we'll figure this out as we go. But I want to, now now I want to go back to the point you were beginning to make, and that was you don't quite get what ESPN is doing with what they're doing because <laughs> there are times I don't. Um, I, it's been a long time since I even touched a TV camera, but just from a production end of it, watching it, it's, it's, I don't know who makes the decisions that they make, but they're consistently below their competitors by a a noticeable amount. And the ratings are showing that significantly now. Um, it's, you know, the, the, the talk that always is in, in general media that, um, Monday Night Football is no longer a destination event. It's like, yeah, if, if you've been paying attention, uh, you yeah. you can't go five minutes without some really weird, bizarre comment from one of their their uh, from one of the the guys in the booth. You, you should have the pick of whoever you want. Why is it that you don't grab the right ones? I.e., um, you know, Breeze, Romo. Right. Uh, instead, though, you grab Jason Witten. You grab Booger McFarland. These guys were like. Hall of Shame worthy uh, booth guys, and I'm, I'm not trying. I, I've done booth work. It's it's hard. I will say that first and foremost, it is really hard. You need to have experience and or a, a boatload of natural charisma, which is really where Tony Romo shines. Yeah. Um, probably not the best production guy, certainly not right away, but he's just so likable that whatever he did was fine. Jason Witten was a really really weak version of that. <laughs> it just yeah. it fell flat. 
Um, how are they choosing Jason Witten in that situation? I, I don't understand what they saw in him that was that great. Whoever it is, and I'm sure it's a group of people making the decisions, um, they're, they're poor in identifying talent. I'm not sure that that's going to get any better, and that's why they reshuffle the booth every year. Uh, from a production end, it just seems kind of odd. Uh, the game doesn't the, – the camera angles that they use are not interesting enough for them to use them as often as they do. It, it's not a game that you really want to watch anymore. You know, it, it's yeah. you, you do because it's there, but you shouldn't be able to to kind of nitpick all the things that uh, viewers really do, particularly in social media um, during games. It, it's a lot of little things that end up kind of being distracting and don't need to be there. I mean, I understand that there's a level of uh, abuse that those guys just take because mm-hmm. they do. Um, it just seems to me like they could have made much better decisions on uh, many of the things that they do and their broadcast, in my opinion, uh, from a production standpoint as well as a talent standpoint, has gone down uh, noticeably uh, each year. You know, it's not even like a collective thing. It, it, they've taken a step back uh, each year they've been trying to do it. And whatever iteration they try to throw out this year uh, just has to start, you know, that much further behind everything else. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't. I, I think part of this, um, just to close out the segment, part of this I think goes back to years ago when they had Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick and they had Chris Berman and they had big personalities. And there was a conscious decision made to, hey, look, let's go away from big personalities. Let's try and make things as, as level as possible across the board. And I think they've been paying a price for that ever since because they don't have really a big personality. That you know they have some really solid people, but not a big personality. I'll give you one quick example: the PGA Golf Championship is being played, and ESPN's carrying it. And Michael Eaves is rock solid, does a good job, and 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 Scott Van Pelt is rock solid and does a really good job. And then all of a sudden, in the four o'clock hour. Let's turn it over now to Jim Nance. And all of a sudden, the whole thing sounded different. At least to me, I was like, like, whoa, that's a little different. I would agree. I mean, you're exactly right in that sense. that The studio show, that's the money driver, right? The the broadcast rights that ESPN bids for and, and pays whatever it was, billions of dollars for, the idea to make that back is in your studio shows. Um, they do a good job with those. I, I really like Randy Moss. I really yeah. like Charles Woodson. I think those guys do yeah. uh, do a, a much better job than kind of the, the clown show that other other yeah. uh, networks carry in their pregame stuff. I agree. It's more for me, and they don't all have to be the same. Some people are, are maybe a little bit more lighthearted. That's more what they want. I think ESPN balances it well, and they have the best analysis yeah. and insight that's out there. And then you go to the studio or go to the booth. It's like okay, you know, it, it's. It, it shouldn't be that way. They're ESPN. They're already spending this much money. If they are putting all of their budget into the studio show, it's like, okay. And financially, I see how that works. From a viewer's perspective, though, and there's no way they haven't received this feedback, from a viewer's perspective, it's a turnoff. It's like you, you need to have, you know, it, it, it's it's really hard. I hate to judge people that do this for, for a living because I, I understand it is a really, really hard uh, mark to hit all the time. But I mean, when your competition... You've judged me repeatedly. I just, you know, I just want to point that <laughs> It's a tough job. I can't even... I had to give a presentation yesterday where I talked for, like, three hours straight. I don't know how you guys do that. I, like, needed a nap. It, it's it's tough to, to sit and talk 
for that long consecutively and stay on point. But it, it's more the amount that they do to analyze things that don't matter, the jokes that they try to put in because you can tell they're being told to try to be funny and they can't do it, whether it's they're intimidated by the microphone, whether they their sense of humor just won't work for a Disney PG-rated audience, right. whatever it is, it just doesn't translate. And every time that they miss, it thuds. It's really, really loud. And then all the talk is that. Now you've gotten away from yeah. the product on the field. It, it, it spirals out of control to the point where if we're not complaining about the officiating, we're ripping the announcers. So those are two places the NFL absolutely does not want to be right. with what used to be their marquee slot. And it just doesn't seem ESPN can get out of its own way and, and find the right people to do this. Well, I'm going to get out of your way. Appreciate the time very much. And, you know, uh, I, I have Jack Ham and Dick Girardi. That bails me out for the three hours. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me, guys. By the way, that 17th game is going to be against the team from the opposing conference that finished in the same spot you did. So that means if you are, are we talk about the last place schedule, that means if you're in the last place schedule, you're guaranteed now to play five games against teams that also finished in last place the year before. Because remember, you play the last place team in each of the three divisions. You already play the last place team in the one crossover division, you're going to have another one added out. Five out of 17. I thought I'd throw that in there for Eagles fans for future reference. All right. We, uh... Gee, thanks. Ooh, 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 I did that for you. So we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK.